0: Bridge Toll California customer service number Highway miles to the gallon Ford Focus Thailand Cave rescue operation What is schema F Best wine bars in San Carlos California Best Western Hotels How old is Ronaldo What happened with Big Brother a engagement How long gift? before a wedding should I send How many out and save the dates are in the first series Use IMAP the to check list. email find on other email clients Identify fonts, fonts from Where to find the we four years we Welcome to the
1: Hey, what's going on? My name is Tyson Stockton from Previsible.io. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about optimizing your site for conversions. Joining me today is Brandon Lewitz, who is the owner at SEO Optimizer, which helps you get
0: more sales and leads using SEO. this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health backlinks and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. All right, here's my conversation with Brandon Leewitz,
1: the owner of SEO Optimizer. Brandon, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me on today. Excellent. So first time on, I believe on the podcast, and today we're going to dive into optimizing the site for conversions. And I think this is sometimes an area that us as SEOs we get caught up because we might be focusing on just bringing in people to the door and kind of losing that emphasis or that focus on why we're actually driving people to this site. So to set the stage, how do you typically kind of advocate that people are thinking about conversions in the lens of SEO?
2: Oh, you got to figure out what your conversion goal is. So if you're trying to get phone calls. Or emails or e commerce, trying to get people to purchase, whatever it may be, or people subscribing to your email list, whatever that conversion action is, you wanna set up different goals and tools like Google Analytics or something where you can track and see what's working, what's not working, but you gotta first establish what your ultimately, what your conversions are, because every website's gonna be different. And you wanna just set up as much as possible to track as much as possible, because the more you know about your audience and how they behave on your website, The more you're going to be able to optimize with statistically accurate data instead of just guessing, should I do this or should I do that? Now you have the data in front of you and you can see where the conversions are coming from. Are they coming from Google organic? Are they coming from paid ads? Are they coming from social media? Are they coming from email marketing? Are they coming from direct traffic or whatever it may be? But that's where you can really start seeing what's working and start optimizing towards that.
1: Absolutely. And I think one question that I often get and I've seen a fair amount of variance around this is different attribution models. And so in the lens of conversions within kind of the SEO framework, are there any best practices that you would give for attribution models?
2: Uh, so attribution models really just kind of depend on your business as well. There's a lot of different ones. Like if you log into Google ads and you set up Version tracking through there, you'll see they're going to give you tons of different ones. And yeah, I mean, some are going to be a little bit better than others, but each one is going to have its pros and cons. And it just depends on ultimately which one you want to go for with your business, because it's not really a one size fits all. It really depends on a lot of different variables about what you're tracking, how you want to track it, what type of ads you're running existingly, or how you're getting people into your website already, because you want to just make sure that it's all... Track properly, and there's a bunch of different ways to do it. So it does get a little confusing, and I would just try to look at the one that seems most relevant to your business.
1: Excellent. And I think from my perspective on that, too, it's obviously there's a variance on the type of business, but I think too, thinking about like different types or categories of landing pages and setting benchmarks of what you're expecting from that. Like, is it early top of funnel? Or is it something that's a little bit closer to purchase point and then seeing how that can, you know, one can lead into the next in that sense. But from a, like optimizing your site, like let's say that we've, we've set the stage. We have the proper tracking in place. We can monitor what's coming in, what's converting. Where do you go from there as far as making the changes or optimizing your sites? Like, what's your kind of go to starting point for that? It's really
2: just taking one variable and testing it against another one and doing A B testing and seeing what works and what doesn't work. So, I always try to first of all look at the website, make sure it's optimized for conversions, meaning, is it easy for me to do whatever that conversion action is? Do I have to scroll down to find? an Add to Cart button, or find a form, or find an email address, then you're probably going to lose over half your traffic because whatever you see on the screen is called Above the Fold. 70% of people will never scroll down on the website on desktop or mobile. So if you don't have your call to action Above the Fold, if you don't have a value proposition, like people know what's in it for me by visiting your website because people are ultimately selfish and they want to know, what am I going to get out of using your website? They don't care how long you've been in business. They don't care about all these awards and achievements. They just want to know what's in it for me. Ultimately, you have to have a value proposition on each page that's unique. Have a call to action. Maybe have a video up there or a couple bullet points. And this is all above the fold. Not when you scroll down. Because if you're making people scroll down to find all that stuff, you're going to lose over half your traffic. And that's not what we want. So you got to make it easy for the user. That's really number one, is making sure that we can find all that information quickly, concisely. And then later on on the website lower down, you could have a bunch more text and content, but above the fold should just be really a couple bullet points or a video and a value proposition, call to action, and keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't clutter it up, especially for mobile nowadays. You want to keep it simple. Less is actually better for mobile. So maybe you want to test out a different landing page for your or a different way your page is laid out for mobile versus desktop to see if that also has any impact because the way people behave is always gonna be slightly different on different devices and different platforms.
1: Absolutely. And maybe just to expand a little more, so we set the the initial kind of like best practices in place. When you're moving into kind of a testing form, how do you recommend that people kind of go about testing like within the lens of SEO? Well, there's free tools or
2: pay tools that will let you do A B testing. So Half the people will get served one version of your website and half the traffic that comes to your website will get served another variation. And you could A, B test and you don't want to do too many variables. It's good to just, unless you have a bunch of traffic, but if you don't have a lot of traffic, then better just test one variable at a time and see does moving the add to cart button up a pixel that can have an impact or changing the color a little bit that can have an impact on conversions or whatever variable you want to test, but that's where you got to get creative and also look at other websites, get ideas from other big corporate websites. I want to look at your competitors. I will look at like big corporations and see what they're doing because they're spending probably millions of dollars on their website, whereas your competitors will probably be spending tens of thousands. So if you go look at big corporate sites, like if you're an e-commerce website, look at other e-commerce sites like Amazon. Like They're A-B testing all day long. So when we look at Amazon, we're all going to see pretty much the same website, but it's going to be slightly different for everyone because they're trying to optimize and maximize conversion value as much as possible. So they might move the add to cart button up a little bit. So we're not going to notice it, but it will have an impact on conversions. And that's where you guys use those A-B testing. Google offers free tools and there's paid ones depending on how in-depth you want to get with it. But the A-B ones from Google are sufficient enough.
1: and. Out of curiosity, what's your kind of go to tools in the space? I would say
2: just I would use Google, Google A B testing. There's other ones out there that I've used in the past, but Google gives you all the data right there and it makes it pretty easy, concise, and it's straightforward and it links with all with analytics and other tools. So already tracking you with Google Analytics, let's just throw in an A B test and experiment and test it out and see what works and go from there.
0: That's previsible P R E V I S I B L E dot I O.
1: And maybe too, I think at least in my experience, like a lot of times there's no shortage of things to test. How do you approach kind of prioritizing what tests to run?
2: That's where you just gotta kinda get creative and look at your competitors or other similar sites that are doing similar things to what you're doing and look at what they're doing and get ideas based off of them. If you see that all of your competitors are doing a similar format or style, and maybe you want to test incorporating that into your website, but it's not really a checklist. It's definitely making sure all the important stuff items are above the fold. And then from there, it's playing around with the colors, the location of different call to actions, and just trying to ultimately test as much as possible because there is no perfect website. There's always testing. Once you figure out what works, Test that to something else, basically test. Never stop testing because again, there is really no perfect website. You could always optimize it and make little tweaks and changes to try to maximize those conversions.
1: That's the great takeaway right there is that this is a never-ending task and that it's not something that's great. We went through, did it once. We don't have to ever do it again. But embracing that mindset of just continuous improvement And I think that's a real like significant key in this area is to go into it with the anticipation and assumption that it's never going to be a job done. And it's always going to be something that you can further improve and reiterate upon. I think it's, it's an interesting area too, from the context of like testing within SEO and kind of more traditional, let's say A B testing. Are there any? elements or recommendations that you would have specifically to SEO testing that may be unique or different than A-B testing in other marketing channels?
2: Um, so you could test out different um, SEO title tags, which are the blue clickable links in Google. So when you search on Google, there's that blue clickable link. That's called the SEO title tag and the black text underneath it is called the meta description. And you could optimize those and try testing out different ways to reword it or putting numbers in there or ways to make it stand out a little bit more, but you can't really A B test that because you can't just tell Google serve half the traffic this title tag and half the traffic this title tag. You'd have to kind of do that yourself and it's gonna be uh, tricky to see really what gets a higher click through rate. I mean Google Search Console will show you impressions and clicks for some keywords, but it doesn't give you all the data. So it's kind of tough to really make statistically informed decisions off that, but you would want to try to optimize those to maximize conversions. But that's just part of basic SEO. When you're setting up a website, you want to optimize your title tag to have all the permanent keywords, but also be enticing to get people to want to click because there's 10 other websites on that first page of Google. How do you differentiate yourself? Plus there's ads and there's a lot of noise and distraction. So a way to help differentiate yourself and make you stand out from the crowd without spamming and throwing unnecessary words in there is definitely gonna be helpful, but kind of tough to A B test that maybe content on the page. So SEO relies a lot on having text on your website. The more content you have on each page, the better off you're gonna be. So you could kind of you can't really A B test it, but you could test adding more content to your website. Does this increase my traffic or my rankings in the search results? But all that is tough because the only downside with SEO, it's really intangible. Like you can't say that or correlate that this change impl- impacted this. Whereas like paid ads, you make a change, you can see it instantaneously. You can run A B testing on them with SEO. It's a little bit tougher because you might make a change to the website and Google might not see that change for a couple of days, a couple of weeks. Maybe they saw that instantaneously, but then, all right, they have to update their algorithm. And then once they update their algorithm, they're doing all this testing to make sure that people actually stay on your website. So it's tricky, but you definitely want to be testing as much as possible for just in general with SEO, definitely. But just in general, test and test and test. Never stop testing. I mean, there's a great book I read. It's like A, B, always be testing. And it really talks about merge rate optimization because a lot of people just build websites just to build sites not thinking about or looking to make it look really nice and pretty. But they don't really think about optimizing it for conversions, leads, phone calls, sales, which is probably the most important thing. So I would definitely focus on just trying to optimize for conversions in general with SEO. It's a little bit
1: more tricky. Absolutely. And I think there is a lot of opportunity to take best practices from some of those conversion tests that you're running on other channels for SEO as well, especially from paid. But it's a great call out that the A-B testing does vary or it is unique in that way within SEO because you're not serving to Google different experiences and then something to the user and kind of getting dangerously close to that kind of cloaking topic. But I think it is still important to embrace look at it from what can you learn from other tests to apply into like the SEO point of view, but also in the sense of creating like URL groups. And it is more challenging on smaller websites that maybe you don't have as much traffic coming in. But if it is a larger website and you're able to say, hey, we have group A of landing pages, group B, we'll add additional content to it, we'll optimize the titles like you mentioned or whatever it is. So I think you have some challenges in the space and we've talked about on the podcast before, but it doesn't mean or it's not the excuse of, hey, maybe this is something we can shy away from. Because I think to your point, it is a 100% important to be pushing the envelope, not being like, yeah, it looks good visually to me, but more in the sense of like, what's actually driving the needle on making those even a half percent change or a quarter percent change to conversion rate, which can then play out to be in a really significant impact. Brandon, anything else, any last comments that you'd want to give or recommendations that you'd have for the listeners on optimizing the site for conversions?
2: I would just focus on the user and take a step back as a business owner. It's kind of tough, but put yourself in the user's point of view. If you were looking for your product or service and you got to your website, are you able to find it? And how hard is it for you to find it? Stuff because you own the website. So you're kind of biased, but if you could ask friends or family that have never seen your website and ask them, go find this product or service and look and watch them and see where they get stuck, what's working, what's not working. There's lots of tools too to like track heat maps and things like that. Cause Google Analytics will show you everything you want to know about your traffic, but do not only really show you how people behave on your website. So there's like a tool called Lucky Orange that's like $10 a month. It's not that expensive. And it'll actually like track where people click on your website, how far they scroll down. So you can see really how far do people scroll down. Maybe they're scrolling down below the fold more than a normal website. So maybe you could have some text down there and not have to worry about people not finding it. But I would definitely try to just test as much as possible and use as many tools as possible. The Google A-B tester is great. But Lucky Orange is one I forgot about That is in conjunction with Google Analytics. That's going to really show you heat maps and clicks and scrolls. And it's pretty affordable. So I'd recommend everyone get that as well. That's going to help out a lot.
1: Excellent. And I think... Really, the the underlining message in this episode is to back data behind those assumptions, embrace the mindset of always be testing and further continuous improvements. And ultimately, that's going to help unlock kind of maximizing the potential of what you're bringing into the website. All right, so that wraps up this episode of the Voice of Search podcast. Thanks to Brandon Lewitz, owner at SEO Optimizers for joining us today. In our next episode, which will be published tomorrow, Brandon and I are going to continue the conversation and discuss how to research keywords for competitors. If you can't wait until the next episode and would like to learn more about Brandon, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in the show notes, as well as his Twitter handle. And he created a special gift for our listeners. So if you go to his company website at SEOOptimizers.com backslash gift. You can get that special offer from Brandon.
0: And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to Previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E.io. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs. Because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T.